Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. Today's episode is one of those like good old episodes that I really feel were the essence of what I designed the Becoming Limitless podcast all about. You know, becoming limitless in your energy, becoming limitless in your focus, feeling good in your body, being able to be productive in your business and move the needle forward. This is a an episode with one of my new favorite biohacks. And you know, you're going to hear the science behind it so that you can understand exactly why it works so well. So this biohack that I'm going to be talking about today, it is called Strike Stroll Shiver. And you probably have never heard of it before, but that's okay because I'm going to explain all about it. But this biohack has helped me drop the last bit of body fat that I have been hanging on to postpartum, it has helped me like have a noticeable boost in focus and clarity. I have become so much more energized and present on the calls with my clients. I have become efficient with my times. Like this is the definition of, you know, when they say two birds, one stone, like if you can do something that'll give you a boost in multiple areas, this is that. So if you are struggling with alertness or focus, or if you just want to drop those last couple pounds, this strategy, you are absolutely going to love. And we know that if we're showing up with our business with focus and clarity, and if our brain is working well, then we can get more done in a day than we usually do. And this clears up time to do stuff that you want to do, whether that's exercise, whether that's hanging out with your family, whether that's, you know, a new project in your business. It's all about how effective we can be by managing the clarity of our brain. How fast can we make decisions, right? And because if we can start working, Working on those extra side projects, we can bring in more money in our business, right? That's directly how we tie biohacking to our business success. We buy back our time because our brain is clear and it works faster. And that lets us scale our business and make more money with biohacking. I love it. Anyways, so let's jump in. And where I kind of want to start is if you have been following along on recent podcasts, I have been doing something called The Return, and it's basically me documenting my step-by-step -step small, simple changes that I have been implementing postpartum to get back into peak mental and physical performance. And I have been documenting what I've been doing, what I added first, what I added next, the struggles I've been having, what my results have been like. Um, if you haven't listened to that yet, go to episode 52. That's the first episode of The Return, and 58 is the second one. I've only released two so far, but why did I look up this idea of strike, stroll, shiver? Well, the first 60 days of doing the return and I started the return one week postpartum after all of the crazy, like the, the crazy fast weight drop that you experience postpartum. I waited until that leveled out and I started my return journey then. So in the 60 days after my weight had stabilized, let's just say, I lost about 7.8 pounds and I was holding pretty steady. I was about, you know, I would say about 10 pounds away from where I'd like to be leanness wise. And I was holding steady. And you know how you kind of like will lose that initial weight and you'll hit that plateau. And I was like, hmm, I've got to be doing something a little bit differently here to help accelerating because what I did to lose that 7.8 pounds was really just get walking again. I did no sugar, no flour. I was feeling really good. 
but I wanted to bust through that plateau. So this was when I implemented strike, stroll, shiver, because if you've ever wanted to trim down, you'll know that that last 10 pounds is actually the hardest to lose, right? If you've got 30, 40 pounds to lose, the bit, the first bit always does come off a lot easier, but it's when you get back down to those last couple pounds, they're stubborn, they're hard to get off, right? So I implemented strike, stroll, shiver, what we're going to talk about. We'll call that day one after I'd already been down 7.8 pounds, right? So after 30 days of implementing this, I saw a shift. I dropped another 3.8 pounds, which I was so excited about. So today marks day 54 since I started doing strike, stroll, shiver, and I am down 6.2 pounds since I have started this, which is fun. I mean, 54 days, 6.2 pounds. That's really exciting to me. So all in all now I am looking at, I'm almost down about 15 or 16 pounds at this point since I have started. And I am so excited about that. And this was the thing that helped me break through that fat loss plateau. And it was through experimenting with this that I discovered all of the the clarity and the focus and alertness that came along with it. And I'm going to be telling you why that that is so important. And I do want to say this, I was able to lose that last bit of body fat without doing more than three 20 minute workouts per week. So it had nothing to do with slaving away for five one hour workouts in the gym. It was literally keeping my diet pretty clean, meaning whole foods 95% of the times and basically implementing this strike, stroll, shiver. So this, I didn't invent this technique. I should probably say that. I've known about it for years because it is something that um, biohacker and like fitness advocate Ben Greenfield has talked about, right? I have bought his book, Boundless, it is what I think of as like my biohacking Bible. It covers absolutely everything. So I've known about this for years, but I've never been in a place where I needed to test it out or try it. So I haven't, but this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to implement this because I'm stuck. But I do want to point out though, that if you are feeling stuck, weight loss is not always going to be linear. Progress is not always linear. You're not going to lose a pound a week indefinitely all the way till the end. You'll find that you'll lose a little bit. It'll plateau. You'll need to shake things up a little bit or even just give time and it'll go again. And then you'll have a plateau. This is totally normal. But I was noticing like, no, nah, I'm going to give it a little bit of a kick in the pants. Let's implement something else. So like I said, I'm down about 15 pounds since, um, that beginning postpartum weight fell off. I've got about five or so to go looking at my current shape. And I implemented this because I know that what it takes to get me to my healthy weight is also what it's going to take to get me to peak clarity and performance with my brain. So it all does very well go hand into hand. And when I feel good, I wake up, I feel energized and I show up in my business in an entirely different way. And that's just my experience. And it might be yours too. So what the heck is strike, stroll, shiver? Well, it is a three-step process to help your body and your brain become a machine. Like legitimately, I used it for fat burning, but like I said, it helped my focus in my business even more. And when I have been talking to clients about it, I am talking to them and telling them like, this is something to use for your morning energy, your morning alertness, your morning focus, regardless of if you love the shape you're in or you want to work on it, all right? So you can use it for both or one or the other. It is such a good one. So strike, stroll, shiver. Those are the three different steps. So what is strike? Strike is the absence of food. So no calories. Strike, think of it like kind of like a hunger strike, right? So 
when is this happening? Well, it's when you wake up first thing in the morning, because when you don't eat from dinner to breakfast, you are fasted, right? You haven't eaten. That's why it's called breakfast is break the fast, right? The first meal of the day breaks your fast. So in order to execute strike, stroll, shiver, you do want to be in a fasted state. And this is why I always do it first thing in the morning. Now, why does this matter if you're fasted and it's first thing in the morning? Well, it's hard to be in a fasted state when it's at the end of the day. So in general, I do think of a fasted state as having gone at least 12 hours without caloric intake. So water's fine, um, black coffee's fine, stuff like that. But if you're doing anything like food or alcohol or cream in your coffee and stuff like that, it does definitely break your fast. So if you're going to do strike soul shiver, it should be done fasted. So do it first thing in the morning. So why is that helpful for this? Well, when you don't have food in your system and you are fasted, your body is relying on glucose that is readily available in the blood or easily accessed for energy, right? To move your body, to, you know, talk, to think, all of that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. Glucose is another word for blood sugar, right? It's actually stored in a form called glycogen. And glycogen is stored in both either the liver or the muscle. So when we are sleeping at night and we're going from dinner to the next morning and your body is in a fasted state, your body is keeping its blood sugar stable by releasing slowly over time glucose from the liver right? And that is how we keep our blood sugar stable at night. But when those storage sites start running out and they start getting low, your body starts accessing stored body fat for fuel, right? It starts pulling fat out of the cells, breaking it down, turning it into glucose so that you can use it as fuel, right? So if you are in a fasted state, your body is already accessing stored fat as fuel. So when your body burns through all of that readily available glucose or blood sugar in your bloodstream, it's like, okay, we got to get to some other sources, sources, right? So by liberating the fat from the cells, it helps us to reduce the amount of body fat we have, right? That's why this is designed to help shed extra body fat. So glycogen, like we talked about, is a stored form of glucose that our body relies on during the night and during the first 12 hours that we're in a fasted state or we haven't had any food. And like I said, it's stored in the liver or the muscles. After 12 hours without food, fat burning begins to kick up and specifically when you cross 16 hours of not having food, that's when you really start to enter using fat as fuel. So this is how it contributes to helping you get a little bit leaner, right? You're in that fastest state when you leave gaps between your eating. So anything that you do during this time when you're in that fasted window after that 12 hours, it really does enhance fat burning. So that's the premise behind why strike is the absence of food to get this going. Now, during strike, when you're looking at how Ben Greenfield really talks about his his protocol and his principle for this, he says that if you do, if you want to like ramp this up and add a bonus to it, consume caffeine prior to moving to the next step. So what does this look like? You wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, but you don't have any cream in it or sugar or anything that has calories. I'm talking black coffee. Um, you can get some tea, anything like that with a little bit of caffeine because caffeine mobilizes stored fatty acids 
and lets them release into the blood. And it does also slightly boost metabolic rate. So not only are you burning more calories, but it helps to bring fat out of fat cells and into the blood so that you can use them and burn them as energy. So they don't just stay stored. If I'm going to just say this right off the bat, if you are an entrepreneur or an individual that identifies as someone that has a lot of stress or is highly stressed, I don't actually recommend doing fasting any longer than 12 hours because one of the contraindications of intermittent fasting is if your body's already stressed out because intermittent fasting is a stressor on your body. We don't want to stress your body out if it's already stressed out because that's actually going to lead to fat storage and a boost in cortisol. The same way as you know, if fasting creates cortisol spike in the body, so does caffeine. So if you are fasting, you're not eating, you're skipping breakfast, you're already highly stressed out and you have a cup of coffee, you're literally creating a recipe for brain fog and for fat gain. So keep your fasted windows to at most 12 hours. If you are someone who identifies as highly stressed, if you think for the most part, whether you're monitoring that with a stat like HRV on your aura ring or your Fitbit, or you're mostly pretty laid back, you can experiment with fasting and see how it works on your body. Like if you want to go 16 hours between meals, um, between, you know, the last meal of the day and the first meal of the next day, watch your HRV. Notice if your body starts, you know, taking that energy from your thinking or your focus, or you're not able to, you know, uh, maintain a stable mood. These are all different kinds of things you want to watch, right? They can cause if you're, if you're in excess cortisol, if you have too stress, too much stress, you're fasted caffeine, this can cause weight gain and a blood sugar spike. And that goes exactly opposite of what we're working on here. So you're going to have to assess that for yourself and make sure it's a good fit for you. Now, I am going to say that one of the things I am currently testing now, I I listened to a podcast called Huberman Lab. It's with Andrew Huberman. He's a neuroscientist out of Stanford. He was suggesting in his podcast that caffeine consumption should be delayed until 90 to 120 minutes post wake up. The reason behind that is because On wake up, we have a rise in the hormone called cortisol. And the reason that this cortisol is there is it's actually good. It's what wakes us up. It's what makes us feel really alert. Now, when we pile caffeine right up on top of that cortisol boost in the morning, we get a super boost, but we also get a super crash. So the idea behind delaying caffeine for 90 to 120 minutes post wake up is that you get the alertness boost from the cortisol. And then right as that is beginning to crest, you get your caffeine intake and it actually extends your morning energy. So if you find that you are getting like severe afternoon crashes in energy, I would highly recommend recommend that you consider uh, delaying your caffeine intake. Now I have been testing this with myself. I've been doing a week on a week off and then a week on again, just testing back and forth. And I have such uh, minimal caffeine in my first cup of coffee of the day, the only cup of coffee that I have that I actually don't even notice a difference in the delay of any type of energy drop. And I find it's pretty consistent. So for example, when I make my coffee in the morning, I have one tablespoon of caffeinated, one tablespoon of decaf, and then I dilute the coffee pretty pretty dilute. So I'm not actually getting that much caffeine to notice the difference. But if you are one of those people that is experiencing extreme energy drops in the afternoon, I would highly suggest uh, just delaying that caffeine or at least, you know, testing it out to delaying it 90 to 120 minutes post wake up. So we've talked about strike. It's waking up in the absence of food. You're in a fasted state and consuming caffeine of some type will definitely enhance 
this whole effect of strike, stroll, shiver. So step number two is stroll. Before you eat, so you're still fasted, you have your caffeine, you are going to do a 10 to 40 minute light aerobic session. How light? This should be something that you could easily do every single day, all year long, meaning you're not going to get sore from it. It's not going to be too much. So one of the, some good examples of this are like light swimming. You might go for a walk. Maybe you do some yoga, something that gets your heart rate up just a little bit. Maybe it crosses into the hundreds and that's where you want to be for that 10 to 40 minutes. And the whole purpose behind this is by burning energy and burning calories, it actually taps into more stored fat for fuel. So you're fasted, you're already using body fat, the caffeine boosts your metabolism, liberates a little stored body fat. Now you're using it with the activity. This is what is creating that lean down effect that is strike, stroll, shiver. And like I said, you should be able to do this activity 24 seven. Now, if you are doing workouts in the morning that are heavily like intense, what you can consider doing is if you want to do this on other days as well, just make sure that you are doing something low impact, right? Like this morning when I did this, I actually did do a spin class, but that's a rare occasion because of doing strike stroll server. I've actually moved all of my workout to the afternoon so that I could get that light aerobic activity in the morning. So The bonus to doing this and where we start to see the benefits on focus is that by moving in the morning, even that 10 minutes of a walk, what it does is it increases your core temperature and core temperature is one of those things that stimulates and is part of your circadian rhythm, right? And when your body has an increase in temperature, it's like, oh, it's wake up time. It's morning. We should boost focus and alertness, right? Alertness. Um, is that a word? Boost the alertness that, yeah, it's a word, it's a word. The alertness that you feel. All right, so by moving, we increase that core temperature, right? So not only is it helping burn fat, but that increase in core temperature is really helping your focus. So that is stroll. Then we move on to shiver. Shiver is intentionally making yourself cold, deliberate cold exposure. Now, when I often present this idea to clients, they hate the idea of being cold. And trust me, I get it. I was definitely one of those people. I was one of those people actually that always used to identify as being cold all the time. No matter what time of year, I could always just, you know, turn the seat heater on in my car. Like, so I get it if it sounds absolutely terrible. But one of the reasons that you are cold so often is because you are not cold adapted. And by doing this, this actually makes you more robust in colder environments anyways. And that's beyond all the benefits we're going to talk about here. So let's talk about how to make yourself cold. You can either do this with a cold plunge if you have that available, like a cold bath or a cold plunge at your gym, or you can do it as a cold shower. So Ben Greenfield recommends doing a two to five minute cold shower post movement or doing a hot cold contrast shower. So where you are doing 20 seconds of cold, 10 seconds of warm, and you are repeating that 10 times for a total of five minutes. I have tried this method before and honestly, with a three-month-old and a two-year-old, I just don't have time in the morning to be flipping my shower back and forth in addition to getting showered. So what do I do? I honestly just do the two to five minute straight cold shower. Um, If I need to do a little bit of a warm shower at the beginning, I will, you know, do that and then switch it to cold for at least two to five minutes. Now, how cold should you be doing this? It should be as cold as you can tolerate 
safely, meaning you're not going to get hypothermia. You feel in control of your body the entire time. It should be cold enough though, that it makes you gasp like (gasps) when you get in, right? You should have that response and you should want to get out. That's how you can tell it is cold enough. And it's really interesting when I started doing this, I actually was able to turn my shower on like, you know, halfway between let's call it neutral and cold. And I found that cold, but now I can easily just turn my shower all the way to cold and have my entire shower there. And it's really neat to see how your body begins adjusting to the temperature, right? So like we said, you start with whatever you can tolerate for two to five minutes and you start there and you build up over time. So What is the purpose of doing the shiver, the cold? Like, why are we going to go through this? Well, there is a whole school of thought in which it helps you develop the discipline and get over those, um, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing it. I'm doing it anyways. And it really does help develop that discipline. And this is a totally like outside of the benefits that we're going to talk about. But I have noticed there are very few mornings that I get in there and want to get in an ice cold shower, but I do it anyways. And it has really helped me develop my discipline. But if we're going to talk about the science of the shivering and getting cold. Shivering and being cold, deliberate cold exposure causes the white fat that is on our body. And this is what we mostly would um, correlate with unwanted fat. So like around our midsection, around our hips, on our legs, on our arms, that type of unwanted fat is actually called white fat. And it is a storage form of fat, right? It's where we store extra calories. Well, when we shiver and cause ourselves to get cold, that white fat gets converted to a type of fat called brown fat. And it's mostly around like our clavicles and our sternum. Actually, babies and kids have quite a lot of brown fat. And that is why they don't shiver very much because the purpose of brown fat is to generate heat. It is a metabolically active type of fat and its job is to generate heat. So when we are shivering and when we are cold, the white fat on our body that we don't want becomes converted to brown fat, which generates heat and is not the type of fat that we generally want to get rid of, right? It creates energy and heat. So when we are shivering and this type of fat is being converted over, the brown fat helps us drain the fuel tank, so to speak. So if you're thinking of having like a cup and it's full of white fat, when you, that brown fat is activated, it helps to drain the cup. So that is you losing white body fat because it's converting it to heat. It's super neat and effective. And that is one of the best reasons why if you are trying to trim down and get lean, that cold is a really good way to do that because it really boosts your metabolism by creating all that brown fat. But here's where the cold has really helped me with my focus and alertness that has created so much um, improvement in just how I experience my business, especially first thing in the morning is number one, Cold and cold exposure increases dopamine production. Now, dopamine is a neurotransmitter and it increases motivation. It increases drive, right? It also helps to enhance your ability to pay attention and to focus on something. So being cold increases dopamine production. It actually helps you to focus. How neat is that, right? The other really cool thing is when you cool the outside of your body like that, like you get cold water on your skin, what it does is it drives your core temperature up. So do you remember earlier we were saying that exercise in the morning drives core temperature up, which causes a boost in alertness? Well, actually getting cold on the outside of your body, think of it, your body's like a thermostat, right? When it feels you getting cold, it drives up your core temperature to compensate. When that that core temperature goes up, 
your alertness and focus and your ability to stay awake goes up. So it is amazing for that. It helps with the dopamine as well so that you are feeling that alert and focus. And here's the really cool thing about the dopamine part of it is that Studies have shown that if you ingest caffeine 60 to 90 minutes before deliberate cold exposure, it has been shown to increase the number of dopamine receptors in your brain so that the dopamine that you are producing from the cold exposure is more readily taken up and received by your brain, right? So this improves focus and attention even further, right? And another neat thing is that being in a fasted state also enhances the dopamine response. So now think of this whole strike, stroll, shiver, right? You are in a fasted state, strike. That is um, the fasted state. And then you have caffeine, you have a cup of coffee, black, right? To keep fasted, or you have black tea or something like that. And this is helping with the number of dopamine receptors you have. So basically between the fasting and the cold, you're so much more dopamine, which is attention, focus, alertness. And then the caffeine allows you to receive that dopamine more. So this sends you into a hyper-focused and attentive and alert state, but that's not all. Cold exposure, like when you hit that cold for the first time and you get that that gasp, what it does is it increases adrenaline in your body, right? You get that, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is really cold. And your body goes into that mild fight or flight state, right? Well, adrenaline, guess what that does? It boosts focus and clarity, right? And then to tie it all back in, being in a fasted state also boosts adrenaline and noradrenaline, right? Which are the the compounds in our body that are involved in fight or flight, in focus, in paying attention, in, um, you know, deliberate work. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So doing cold exposure caffeinated in a fasted state enhances all of the effects of this. So why cold? Because white fat, the stuff we don't want, is converted to brown fat and it boosts our metabolism. We get more dopamine produced. It helps drive up core temperature, which increases our ability to focus and stay alert. And it increases adrenaline, which all of it, clarity, focus, decision-making, all of it. So it's not just about the discipline component of it, of getting in the cold shower despite not wanting to, although that's a good component of it, but there is extensive science around cold adaptation and being cold and creating a an environment in which you shiver. And yes, being in a cold environment, like, you know, outside in the winter, that kind of shivering definitely will stimulate this response. But being exposed to water, cold water, has a much more heightened effect. Now, when you are in actually in a cold shower or if you're in a cold tub, you want to keep moving around a little bit because if you stay still, you get a warm air of la- a warm layer of air trapped on top of your skin and this traps some of the heat in, which prevents you from having the full cold experience. So if you are in a cold tub, move your arms and legs, keep them under the water. Same with a shower. I also like to, uh, I, I always get a good giggle because sometimes when I do my cold shower in the mornings, I ask my daughter, Hannah, she'll wake up and I'm like, Hannah, do you want to come and sit uh, in the bathroom while mama has a cold shower? And she's always like, yeah. So she'll sit on the floor and I'll jump in the cold shower. And I'm always like, yee, yee, it's cold. It's cold. And I'll be dancing around. And she just finds it. She's two. She finds it hilarious that I'm taking cold showers. She thinks it's weird. And she thinks it's funny that I'm dancing around, but that's really helping me stay cool. 
All right, so that is the science behind strike, stroll, and shiver, right? So I'm gonna give you a little bit of an insight into how I did strike, stroll, shiver, how I implemented it for me, and then you can take what you've learned today and implement what you think is safe and effective for you. So how did I do strike, stroll, shiver? Well, I would wake up in the morning, and if you guys have listened to this podcast, you'll know that I my chronotype is a lion, That means I'm a genetic early bird and I wake up, you know, between 5 and 5.30 most mornings. I would get up and I would go and sit outside on my deck because it was summer. All I mean, it's right now when I'm recording this, it's September. So in the summer, I would go and sit outside and work and do my first work block of the day while I was having a cup of coffee for 60 to 90 minutes. So wake up, I didn't eat, sit outside, cup of coffee, um, working 60 to 90 minutes, still in that fastest state, right? During the darker days, like right now, it's starting to, you know, not get sunny out until like 7.30. I'm indoor while it is still dark. So after I've had my first work block, I'm fasted, I've had my cup of black coffee, I go on a morning walk. This is usually only 10 to 15 minutes on 95% of the days. I think there has been maybe two days in the last 60 that I have gone on a walk that was longer than 15 minutes. So when I say minimum effective dose, like you don't need to do the 10 to 40 minutes. You can really just do 10 minutes. I think the, the one kilometer loop I do around my neighborhood is 11 and a half minutes. So it's not long at all. I also like to keep it nice and short because in this phase of life that I'm in, I have a three month old and I do need to be close to home as she wakes up and she's hungry, right? I need to be able to get home really quick. And so if I'm out on an hour walk right now, that just doesn't work for me. The added benefit of why I chose to walk outside is because the added benefit of daylight exposure. So when the sun rises and that sun enters my eyes, what it does is it turns off the signaling of the hormone melatonin. It reduces melatonin production. So this is when light enters my eyes in the morning. Melatonin is designed to help you sleep and feel sleepy. So by turning it off, it boosts alertness, right? So I'm going back to this this protocol that I have been doing and modifying to fit my lifestyle is amazing for productivity in my business, right? It also, by exposing my eyes to daylight in the morning, resets my internal body clock and my circadian rhythm. So when you start exposing your eyes to bright light in the morning, it signals your brain, okay, 14 to 16 hours from now, it's time to go to bed again. If you delay that light exposure, it delays your bedtime. So you want to get that as early as possible. Also, by exposing our eyes and skin to daylight in the morning, it enhances serotonin and boosts mood and helps with vitamin D activation. There are so many wonderful effects. Honestly, I have found walking for 10 minutes outside in the daylight, even if it's a cloudy day in the morning, to be more effective for fat loss than doing morning workouts and grinding away at that. So if you are at any type of plateau where you are stuck, Try swapping this strategy out. Okay, so I wake up, work for an hour, hour and a half, fasted, have my coffee, go out for a 10 to 15 minute walk in the sun, come home, jump straight into 
a cold shower. Like I told you, I didn't experiment with hot, cold contrast shower. Um, I just go straight to cold. I used to start with one to two minutes at most because that was all I could tolerate. Now I easily on average do five minute cold showers and they feel about as challenging as the one minute ones used to. Now, if we look at how much cold exposure should we have in a week, honestly, you could do strike, stroll, shiver seven days a week. When I set it for myself as a goal to test it, I committed to doing it five days a week for 30 days to evaluate how it actually affected my body. And I found that it was fantastic. Now research does support support though, that you can see all of these benefits of deliberate cold exposure, including, you know, converting white fat to brown fat, dopamine, adrenaline, attention, focus, and all of that with as little as 11 minutes of cold exposure per week. So now that I've hit the end of my 30 days, how I'm modifying this is I'm only doing cold exposure three to four times a week. So I will do strike, stroll, shiver, three to four times a week for a cumulative amount of 11 minutes of cold exposure. So what this looks like is four to five minutes um, of cold exposure during each shower. And I do it on the days I wash my hair because I really do like to get the full body cold, not just, you know, if I'm trying to keep my hair dry because I don't want to wash it. So I wash my hair three to four times a week. And those are the days I will have the cold shower. So if I'm doing three showers where I wash my hair a week and there are four minutes of cold in each one, that's 12 minutes. I got my minimum of 11 minutes. And that's how I'm modifying this now that I'm down to my last three to four pounds to lose. And I got through that first initial push. Now, I will say this. If you want the fat burning effects of the shiver part of it, remember how we talked about the brown fat or the white fat being converted to brown fat and boosting metabolism, you need to end on a cold shower because this is what is going to continue to allow you to shiver and shivering is what causes the white fat to be converted to brown fat. So if you just want the alert and alertness and focus benefits, you can definitely end on a warm shower, but get your cold exposure in before. I do just like to end on cold because I want both. I want focus and I also want the ability to burn fat. So I'm ending on cold. The other thing I have been experimenting with to increase the effects of the cold is to air dry. So when you get out of the shower, instead of wrapping your towel around you, getting all of the water off of you, experiment with allowing yourself to air dry because what that does is it allows more heat to be taken from the body, which increases all of the effects that we talk about. So how I directly have experimented with this is I have done one minute of air drying after my cold shower. So I will throw open the shower door and I will just stand there and air dry and let the heat escape. And I shiver the entire time. But in my head, I also know it feels so good knowing that this is so good for my brain and my body. Now you don't have to do that. It's extra, but it's something that you definitely can do. So on top of the fat loss benefits, which I talked about, meaning, you know, since I've started doing strike, stroll, shiver, I have dropped an additional 6.2 pounds in just over 50 days, which has been kind of fun considering I was stuck in a plat lo- in a fat loss plateau before. It's honestly now my brand new favorite way to start the day. I love that dopamine hit. I feel so good and sharp and my decisions feel good and I feel alert. It is a great way to enter the second block of work during the day. Cause remember how I said I had my 
my first one with a coffee. Then I will do this protocol. Then I will go into my second block of work because I normally am starting to feel a little less energized than when I woke up and I get that small downshift in focus. And this is how I can really ramp it back up so I can come back in and hit my second block of work feeling very focused. I also will use this protocol very intentionally if I wake up and I either had a less than ideal sleep or I'm not feeling as mentally sharp as I want going into client calls for the day because my job to my clients is to show up with sharp, focused thinking and be very clear and intentional and be able to be creative and serve them and problem solve with them. And if I ever find that I'm in the place where my brain doesn't feel at 100% that, you know, the way I'd want to show up for them, I will do strike, stroll, shiver. And it is such a wonderful way to kind of reset the day and get my brain into the place by biohacking it so that I can be an amazing coach for my clients. So that is strike, stroll, shiver. One of my new favorite fat loss techniques for busting through stubborn plateaus, as well as biohacks to help my brain with clarity and focus so that I can make more money in my business, help more people and serve and show up in a way that feels really really good. I hope that you have liked this. If you guys are trying Strike Stroll Shiver, I would love for you to head over to my Instagram. I'm at Tanessa Shears and send me a DM and tell me that you're doing Strike Stroll Shiver. I want to know, are you committed to the one minute cold shower? What are you doing for your light aerobic activity? I would love for you to let me know. Screenshot this episode, put us put post it on your stories. I want to hear all about it. You guys, I hope you have a fantastic week, whether you're striking, whether you're strolling or whether you're shivering or all three. And you know, I hope that is a fantastic week and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Hey, if you're hearing me right now, you might be an entrepreneur who feels like this. Every single thing I had was going into my businesses and there was no room left for me. And that means I wasn't eating right. I was, my stress levels were just off the charts. And I was getting these headaches and I just felt like my health was not where it could be, where it should be. Every day I woke up really tired and actually all day long I was tired and I couldn't understand why. And this was really in the way of my productivity. I gained 20 pounds in one year, and that's mostly because of work stress. I've never seemed to have the control over my own health. This podcast will help you with all of that. I'm sharing everything I know and everything I'm learning about how to get healthy, optimize your focus, and eliminate brain fog for faster business growth. But if you want someone to take all of these strategies, create a simple plan, and help you bring it to life with weekly coaching, I'd love to work with you in my Becoming Limitless program. This is the high-touch, intensive program that I have created to coach entrepreneurs like you to get back on track with their health, get really good sleep, and start waking up feeling well-rested. The biggest impact was really around overall well-being and sleep. So I started tracking my sleep and it was very data-driven what we did. And I saw measurable progress and improvement week to week, month to month. Now I prioritize sleep. I have my whole family on a better sleep schedule. You'll get my expert eyes on what you eat and help you develop a simple plan that sticks. Well, she helped me really figure out what works for me nutrition-wise. It's not just like some cookie cutter plan. It's let's figure out what works best for your body and just 
optimize everything so I can show up at my best for my family, for my business, and just feel good. And of course, have you showing up to your business with clear, focused thinking so you can scale your business faster. Both my companies have grown over the last two years. I'm waking up more energized and I'm able to be more productive in my business. You're going to learn how to optimize your brain and your body using a combination of wearable technology, accountability, science-based biohacks, and weekly personalized coaching. I'm not only going to share what to do, but I'm going to teach you how to be consistent and develop the self-discipline that keeps this going for the rest of your life. Coaching is where the magic really happens because without coaching, you'll end up right where you started because those blocks and those underlying patterns that got you here are still there. You have to really rewire the way you think and that's what Tanessa helps you do. And it's good to have somebody who's got your back, who will hold you accountable and who will help you work through this process together. I help you become a human being instead of just a human doing. You get to have your health and a successful business too. It doesn't have to be a choice. So she really taught me a lot about how to balance being an entrepreneur and a business owner and also not sacrifice my health. Yep, you can use the gold mine of information in these free episodes of the Becoming Limitless podcast to help you take control of your health and you will feel more vibrant. But if you want, you can outsource your health to me and put your brain power back on growing your business. If you're ready to commit to upgrading your health and start feeling more energized within the next couple of months, click the link in the show notes and book in a consultation call with me. My life today is not even recognizable the life I had a year ago. And that's because of everything that Tanessa has put into the program. So if you're on the fence, get off the fence. Your future self will thank you for it. Highly suggest working with Tanessa. I would highly suggest doing a consultation call with her, doing her program, seeing what she's about and seeing if she's a good fit for you because she is definitely committed to her clients and she definitely knows what she's talking about. So go work with Tanessa. She's really amazing and she's going to help you get your energy back. Hit the link in the show notes and book in to talk with me about your health and I'll see you on our first call.